0: To another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin. And this week, well, I, I'm doing a special Saturday episode because, you know, you don't want to go too far away from the show that you're talking about in date. But uh, I've also got some cool stuff coming up on Wednesday, the release of my 30th album, Songs from the Circuit Board, a very experimental album that I hope you guys will enjoy. It is, you know, kind of based around 90s chiptune computer music, but also a modern take on it. Uh, pretty crazy. 24 tracks, only eight songs, but 24 tracks. It's really weird. I'll talk about it next week on the show on release day. Um, as I'm recording this right now, the uh, graphics are done by Kelly. She did an absolutely fantastic job creating the album cover and Rebecca is finishing up the lettering. I've seen a sample of it so far. I love it. Uh, so we're just about there with the album cover should all be done in time for Wednesday's release. I am recording this on the previous Wednesday. Just got back from the NAMM show a couple of days ago, and man, it was it was weird this year, I have to say. Uh, it was not as, quite as big as normal. Uh, Hall E, which is where uh, the newbies and the really tiny vendors go, we have a lot of people that come from overseas and they just sell one or two specific products like... Uh, you know, microphone cable or a, uh, you know, a specific kind of mic or something like that. And so they have very small booths. They're usually down in Hall E. Uh, There was no Hall E at all this year. And I was wondering if there was going to be, because since most of those people travel from, you know, the Asian countries, I wasn't sure how many of them were going to want to make the trip this year. I don't know what's open as far as flights go. I'm sure they're limited. They're probably very expensive, which, you know, increase your business costs. So you have to consider whether that's worth it. Um, but I don't know, too, how safe people feel just yet after all this COVID stuff. Uh, just to be on the safe side, I know I was pumping vitamin C like crazy. So I through this whole thing. I have been getting, uh, just taking doses of high-powered vitamin C powder, 1,250 milligrams, whenever I go out. The first thing I do when I come home is have a glass of vitamin C. And uh, I have not gotten sick through this whole thing. So for me, for my body, that works. And and that has been traditional throughout my life with most viruses. if If I keep on the vitamin C, I typically don't get sick. It's when I you know, run out and don't go get more right away or don't have enough in reserve. Um, I used to just drink a glass of orange juice every day. I can't do that anymore. So I've just been pumping this um, high potency vitamin C powder. So, um, yeah so that was something I did quite a bit of while I was gone, just to be on the safe side, because regardless of, of COVID, I mean, just in general, people come from all over the world. They have different um, bacterias, they have different antibodies that they bring with them, and you just never know how you're going to get affected by something. And you know, I can't afford to be sick during this. This trip costs uh, a good chunk of money for me to go to, and I'm there to do business and to you know work on my business to meet people to, you know, interact, see if there's, you know, something that, that, you know, maybe a a business and I can do together. So it's, it's serious stuff. So I can't really afford to be sick. And of course, especially now, if you've got a slight cough, if you're sniffling, you know, people are really going to back away from you. And it's going to be even harder to try and do business. So my whole thing was just be as healthy as possible. And um, that seemed to work. You know, um, the first night I was there, I started feeling a little bit achy just pumped a little more of the vitamin C. And by the next morning, again, I was fine. It uh, could have been anything, you know, it could have been something that had been coming on prior, but in any case, it never manifested itself into anything ugly. And I remain healthy. Yay. Now, uh, so the show was a little bit smaller. I would say uh, this is a total gas, but without Hall E, without some of the bigger vendors there, Uh, For example, Roland, they usually have a very large space on the floor. Uh, Pearl Drums usually has a huge room in one of the upper levels. Um, Neither one of them were there this year. Um, I didn't see Big Bang. They had a booth listed, but I never found it. Uh, If they were there, I apologize. I would have loved to have come and seen you guys. Uh, Hal Leonard was the one that takes up the most floor space that was there. Uh, so that was nice to see, because for them, it's like the most ridiculous trip. They bring out racks and racks for books and sheet music and then all these little accessories. I mean, I can't imagine how long it takes them to set up and tear down their situation. But we're going to circle back to them in a little bit. Um, so I would say it just just an estimate, I would say the show was about two thirds as big as it usually is uh some of the people that were normally down in hall E like a lot of the ukulele vendors they were up on the main floor this year because hall E wasn't open um and there was still plenty of space like over in the drum area there was a whole that that whole front section where uh sabian would usually be where they would bring their um you know guy that's hand hammering the the cymbal all day long uh none of that was there they have this huge cymbal wall that they bring Uh, they were not there at all. So that was a good chunk of open space. So that whole section all the way across that drum area was, was open. It was like the whole drum area was receded by one entire section. So that's kind of a huge thing. I didn't see majestic percussion either. And they're usually out in the front with their marimbas and all their accessories and cool uh, stuff that they have. So yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, I had wanted to talk to Pearl Drums. I wanted to test out their uh, muffle pads and see their electronic kits, but I couldn't because they weren't there. Uh, I wanted to talk to Alesis about a couple of things because I have one of their electronic drum kits that I have some questions on. Uh, They were not there either, and they usually have a pretty decent space in one of the rooms upstairs. So it was was a little uh, weird. Behringer was not there. Um, So as I had written this whole list of people I wanted to see, and I started looking up On the on the Nam website, you know, you know, trying to get an idea of where everybody was going to be at this year and kind of develop a plan of attack. Um, Yeah, most of them didn't have boost lists, and I thought, well, maybe they're all just behind. Maybe it's disorganized on the floor, so I'll just find them when I get there. And no, they just weren't there at all. Uh, Korg, Korg keyboards, and um, you know, they do uh, amps and stuff as well. They also have a pretty large floor space because they have a lot of different products with all their different synthesizers and drum machines and all that. uh, They were also not there. So there was, again, another good chunk of space that was opened up. It was it was kind of surreal in a way. But at the same point, it was like, well, you know, since I'm not spending time with these guys that I would usually go spend a good chunk of time with, that actually gives me more time to go see some of the smaller vendors that I normally would would just kind of maybe breeze by or just peek in on. Uh, So that was kind of nice. Um best service was probably the weirdest, because uh, as far as I knew, they weren't coming, but they had a, a booth. I should say they had a, an area. It was it was their normal area. It's like a small table uh, where they put their one large monitor. And uh, they're actually they actually usually have a fairly small space um, with a crowd around it. But this year, it literally was just a blank booth. There was nothing in it and just a sign that said best service. So I don't know if they were going to come or Nam thought they were going to come or what, but that was uh, just on the end of the row and empty. It was kind of weird. So I have to check in with Wolfgang and see what was going on there. Uh, Definitely missed Eduardo and and Wolfgang this year. You know, they're one of my uh, favorite visits every year. I didn't see Sound Iron either. Uh, I don't think they were there this year either. And they're from, they're local. So uh, travel would have been pretty easy. Um, I don't know. It, the whole thing was just kind of weird, you know, and the hotel rooms were like super expensive this year. Uh, even the hotel that I normally stay at was about two and a half times the price that it usually is. And when I talked to them, they're like, yeah, everything went up. I'm like two and a half times the price though. And they're like, yeah, but they did a, um, you know, if you if you went ahead and reserved it, you could cancel the reservation up to like, five days before the event for free. So I thought, well, I better book it because they're probably the rooms are probably going very quickly. And I didn't want to spend too much time shopping around and then miss out on the hotel I was going to stay at and then have all the rooms taken. And then me go, well, great. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to stay in like West Covina or something, which would be a long ways away. Uh, Luckily, though, I found another motel really close to the one that I usually stay at in Costa Mesa. And uh, it was like five miles away. I don't think, I don't even think it was that far. Five minutes away, I want to say. And um it was it was really close to the price that I normally pay, a little bit more than normal. So I ended up just staying there. Uh it was not the greatest of accommodations, but it worked. You know, it, it did it did what I needed it to do. Um unfortunately I was right in front. I should have taken the back room, but I was right in front. And um, so people were passing by all the time because I was right by the front office and uh, it was one of those you know two level style motels like from the 70s probably built in the 70s or 60s uh but i was grateful to have a place to stay and again it was like halfway between Newport Beach and the Anaheim convention center so location wise it worked out really well price wise it worked out really well i was able to sleep and that's the most important thing um also my normal nam challenge for parking uh, this was weird because I, uh, you know, I park in, in a specific parking garage every year from the very first time I, I w- drove to Nam, and um, I get the same spot every year. Well, this year I thought, well, I wonder, you know, is it going to work out? Am I going to get the same spot again? No, because that entire row for some reason was blocked off. And the weird thing about that is that is one of the exits and also has the elevators on it. And there was caution tape uh, blocking off that whole row, even access to the elevators and that outside staircase. So I had to go out a different staircase, but there was no elevator. So after all that walking, it's kind of nice to not have to climb a flight of stairs uh, to get to your car. But that that was unfortunately unavoidable this year. But I got in the row that was right next to uh, where I normally park. So I totally count that as a win. I got as close as I could to the spot, but the spot that I get uh, normally get was not available, not because I was late, not because I missed my opportunity or anything, but just because that whole row was blocked off. So I'm counting that as keeping my streak that I'm very proud of. It's the only <laughs> it's the only time I've ever gotten good parking and been able to do it consistently. Um So all that aside, uh, it it was a good show. Um, I met with a lot of cool people. I saw some demonstrations of things, saw some really cool new products that I want to talk about. But I was just grateful, honestly, to to be a part of it. Um, Very kindly, Nam invited me back this year. I didn't have to fight for a spot or, or search for a ticket or anything. They actually sent me an invite, which I thought was very nice. I really appreciated that. So in the course of things, I did go to the NAM store and purchase a T-shirt. I thought, you know, it, it, it's nice to have something to mark the occasion because it's been two and a half years since we've been to a show. But also, you know, thank you guys for inviting me back. Uh, I have a souvenir from the show and, you know, you guys have 20 bucks minus the cost of the shirt. Uh, but it was very kind to be invited back. I was very flattered. Uh, this is the first time that's ever happened and uh i was grateful so i was very happy to go i would have been happy to go anyway but to not have to hassle with the ticket so for those of you guys who are not familiar with how the NAM show works this is not a public event this is the national association of music merchandisers so it's really about here's the products that we have available would you like to have them in your store Um, we can give you this discount if you buy this much, um, you know, however they work out those deals. I don't know because I'm not a merchandiser. I'm not a retailer uh, of merchandise uh, other than my own stuff. So I, I haven't witnessed those deals personally, but when I worked in the music store, I saw a lot of the purchase orders. I saw how some of those things were done, uh, from that end of it, like after the fact, and, uh, and it, a lot of it is just commitment, you know, the more that you're willing to commit to up front, the better the discount that you can get. And I'm sure those discounts wane over time, depending on how much you repurchase and all that kind of stuff for inventory. Um, so there's that, then there are the people that are brought in to be kind of the eye candy of the show, you know, hey, you came out to the show, we're going to bring you out some musicians uh, that's where I met both uh, Glenn Hughes and Steve Morse from Deep Purple at the last show. Um, this year, I, I only saw one guy play. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I don't know who he was, but he was he was a very talented, uh, I would say, hard rocker, maybe metal guitarist. Um, but I still don't know who he was who he plays for anything. I haven't looked him up yet. But um, yeah, apart from that, it was it was pretty cool. Um, really, just a, a beautiful effort considering where we've been at for the last couple of years and just to even go through the process of putting on the show, gathering all these vendors enough to make it really worth going to. Um, oh, Universal Audio usually has a pretty big booth at the end of like where all the the DJ stuff meets the recording stuff where where that line is. They, they usually have a pretty sizable area where they do a lot of demos and stuff. They also that whole section was actually closed off. They were not there at all as far as I saw um a lot of the dj people showed up that that area seemed to be as as full as normal but um yeah it was really cool so i want to talk a little bit about some of the uh specific stuff that i saw that i thought was cool in the way of new products or things that were at least new to me um first of all uh i got in on thursday and the nam show is usually thursday through sunday this year it was friday through sunday but I was having uh, I had set up a couple meetings on the way into town. Uh, one of them worked out and one of the did not. I got to have uh, lunch with my friends in the Grand Bonnet Band, which was super cool. Had a great time hanging out with them. Uh, they were also doing an autograph signing at NAM on Saturday. So uh, we had lunch and it was funny because uh, we hadn't decided where we were going to meet for lunch. So they said, well, just come to, to come to the house. So go to the house. We hang out. We talk for about an hour or so. And then we, we figure out where we're going to go to lunch. We get in the car, uh, they're gonna drive. We're just all getting in one car because it's just the four of us. And um they when they when they turn when Beth and me turned on the engine to the car, the radio was on and it was playing Uriah Heap. <laughs> it was playing Easy Living, like about halfway through the song. And I thought, oh, that's just you know, that's funny because uh, you know, I do that Uriah Heap podcast, uh, which is is now uh pretty much on hiatus at this point. I've covered all the studio albums that they've released. I covered the live album from Live 73. And I even went back and covered the six songs that were released from Spice, um, on, on sort of a bonus album. So yeah, everything's kind of waiting on the new album. I do not have a release date for it yet. So that show is on hiatus, but I thought of all the things that could have been playing on the radio, uh, it just happened to be Uriah Heap. So I thought that was kind of funny. And of course, Graham, the singer of the Graham Bonnet Band, you would know from Rainbow, Michael Schenker, the Marbles, Alcatraz, the Graham Bonnet Band. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of work. I first heard him, um, I think it was probably on MTV when the video for, uh, since you've been gone or all night long, one of those two would come on, uh, really thought he had a fantastic voice, got the album down to earth. That is probably one of the, the most listened to albums in my history. I love it. I can't wait to get to my review of it on this show. I've got a couple to do ahead of it. I uh, have to do rising and Long Live Rock and Roll yet, and then it'll be down to earth. But I'm looking forward to getting to that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've become friends with them uh over the last couple of years with Graham and Beth and me. Uh she plays bass in the Graham Bonnet band and also um, you know, I saw them uh a, a year or so before the pandemic. They were one of the last bands I got to see before that. I saw Graham with Michael fest Um so it was really cool and I got to meet them at the show. So we've become friends over time. And uh, it was really cool to just kind of hang out and not have a crowd or, or noise or all that stuff to deal with. And we hung out for a few hours, talked, had lunch, went back to the house, talked some more. It was, it was absolutely fantastic time. Really cannot wait until they start touring. They've got a couple of dates coming up in Europe, uh, some festivals that they're going to play. Uh, and then they're, you know, they're working on all the, uh, you know, the, the pending tour. So I, I can't wait to see them again. I'm sure they'll be coming through Vegas and I will definitely be there. But I told them I would go see them at the autograph signing that they were doing on Saturday. So I'll more on that later. So uh, Friday, I was go- that was going to be my day off that I was going to spend at Newport Beach, which is one thing that I do every year. Did not get to do it last time. So while it's been two and a half years since I've been to the NAMM show, it's been three and a half years since I've been to the beach. My rental car reservation got screwed up last time and uh, I-, I got in 12 hours later than I wanted to. So it was too late to go and wasn't able to make it back. So I thought, uh, well, I'll go to the beach on Friday. I'll do NAM on Saturday. I figured it was going to be a smaller show that left Sunday open. So if I needed to go back to the NAM show, then I could do that. Or, uh, I could go back to the beach, whatever, you know, or, or do something else, you know, it was, it was completely open. So, uh, Friday, I wake up, it's totally overcast, like in every direction. I thought, well, if it's going to rain, I don't want to, you know, be at the beach when it's raining. So I looked at my weather app and it looked great for Sunday. So I thought, okay, why don't I go to the NAM show today? And, and I'll, I'll go back tomorrow, but maybe I won't need to spend the whole day there or whatever. Maybe I'll spend a half a day there today and full day tomorrow. We'll just see what it's like. So I go get my badges. I have to, my badge, I have to say they were incredibly efficient with the badges this year. I thought I was going to be in that line for two hours. It was probably less than 20 minutes um, the line after me, though uh, w- uh about an hour later was like way outside and twisted halfway down the Anaheim Convention Center. It was crazy. um but even as long as the line was when I got in it, um they were very, very efficient at getting people through very friendly people and um by by the time that I got my badge, there was like five more minutes to go before the show opened, so uh, I actually got the the full time there. And I stayed until around three, didn't really talk to a whole lot of people um, that first day. I pretty much just kind of meandered around, saw who was there, made a plan of attack for Saturday and um, did meet up with with it was kind of interesting. Um, I was about to cross paths with somebody and I paused and I motioned for them to go through. And this lovely young lady comes up to me, and goes, I know you in real life. And uh, and I looked at her badge. And sure enough, it was my dear friend, Karen Garrity who uh, I haven't talked to in a while. And it was really nice to catch up with her. Uh, Completely random, um, but really great to catch up with her. We talked about it. She's going to be coming on the podcast in an episode here fairly soon. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys about the stuff that she has going on because it's a real benefit to musicians, which is going to be a benefit to people who listen to music. Uh, You know, everything that benefits us, that the creators eventually will benefit the listeners. So uh, looking forward to having her on the show very soon. Uh, but for the most part, like I said, I, I, I just kind of like was who was here. Who's not here. Uh, let's kind of develop a plan of attack. I took a handful of pictures, but not really a lot. I thought I'll just really walk the floor on Saturday. So I stayed until about three, um, just, uh, chilled at the hotel for a while, um, and got some rest cause I, I hadn't had any rest in a while. So Saturday comes around and I'm like, all right, this is the day. So I get my parking spot, walk down to the NAM show. It's maybe 10 minutes before the doors open and uh, just go right in and just go to work. So um, the, the stops that I've got are the companies that I'm going to talk to you about. I didn't see them necessarily in order, so I'll just, uh, but I'm just going to go through them in the order that I have them listed in the show notes. So the first one um, that, uh, that I visited that we're going to talk about is a company called Cloud Microphones. Now, uh, their rep Martina has been a friend of uh, me and uh, a friend of mine and a friend of the show for a while. Uh, Actually, I've known her for since the first NAM. No, the second NAM I went to, I think, was was when she and I first met in person. And she's a rep for Cloud Mics. They've got a great new series of ribbon mics out. Um, There, there's one that's passive. There's one that's active. Uh, They're all ribbon microphones. One. One or two of them, I think I can't remember now, has the Cloud Lifter that they make built in, which is kind of their flagship product. It's a a beautiful piece of equipment that you just plug your microphone cable into and it reduces a ton of noise. Uh, Go check it out at www.cloudmicrophones.com or you can just click the link in the show notes. Uh, They're really cool people, too. They're very passionate about what they've done. Uh, this year or the last couple of years have been tremendous for them. They've really grown as a company, which I'm glad to see because they've got great products. They're really friendly people. And what they do uh, really makes a difference in the audio industry if you have their products. So I was really glad to hear how successful they've been and that you know, this whole thing through COVID actually is probably, I would imagine, been better for them because now that more people are podcasting and things like that, there's probably more people that have purchased the Cloudlifter and maybe even some of their mics to do their podcasts with. But um, check out these mics; they're they're super cool. Um, they're very professional looking. They have a great feel to them. The sound is tremendous, and I I could not recommend them enough. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, also, I do have the the links in the show note to both the uh, NAM website and the Grand Bonnet Band Facebook. Go check them out. Their new album has just come out. Listen to it a couple of times already. Um, I love it. I, I honestly think it is one of the best albums that I've heard Graham on since I, I would easily say since Down to Earth or Assault Attack. Um, absolutely love the album. And you know, having heard it a couple times, getting familiar with the songs, um, I, I love it even more. And friendship aside, I mean if I didn't like it, I wouldn't like it, but friendship aside, I think it's an absolutely fantastic album. Uh, so if you're into that kind of music, go check it out. Um, so next up we have uh a really interesting product by a company called Melody, and they make the most incredible binaural mic now, I've seen a binaural mic before uh a couple of years ago. I think the last show I went to, the one before that I checked one out. I was like, Yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't really know how I would use it exactly, but when i when I heard this one and I actually did a test on it. Um, I thought, you know, this would be really good for, uh, like meditations for, for that binaural panning, the frequency response on it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you move even slightly, the panning follows you on the mic. It goes from extreme one ear to extreme the other ear, other ear, and just follows you around in every, um, point in between the accuracy, the response was phenomenal. The cleanliness of the sound, especially being at NAM, because I was not in an isolation booth. I was just out on the Nam, the Nam show floor, and I was still able to hear my voice with extreme clarity. It did pick up some of the background noise, but you could filter that out. Um, but I, I could hear my own voice with clarity. The tracking of my movement was absolutely stunning. And, uh, and it's a great mic. And right now it's only priced at $299. So it's not a bad price at all for a mic like this. And it's very sturdy, um, really a professional presentation and, and high quality sound. So I have their um link in the show notes as well. Um and, and again, these are in order. So if you just heard me talk about cloud microphones or you're at that link, Melody is right underneath of it, listed with the uh binaural mic. Very, 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 very impressive stuff, I have to say. Um the next one I want to talk about, I thought this was really something different. This was their first time at the damn show probably would have been in Hall E if Hall E existed this year, but they made it to the uh, to the main show floor, which was fantastic. This company is called Entropy and Sons. Uh, I got a personal demo from them on their their product. It is basically a video creation studio. And what this is, is it's kind of like a digital kaleidoscope. With a lot of control functions, um, it's almost limited, uh, almost limitless what you can do within their parameters. It, the, the video is stunning, crystal clear. But I I realized something just when I was preparing for this show because I, I said, does it have um, the ability to like export video or, or do uh, screen capture or anything like that? He said, no, you would have to use a separate screen capture program. And I thought, well, that's okay. It has an HDMI out so you can plug it in. And I was thinking, well, I just record it with Camtasia or something like that. But then I realized the HDMI wouldn't go to the computer. It would go to the television and my computer would be on a different channel. So I don't quite know other than picking it up with a camera, how I would capture it and then it would lose quality. So I'm sure there's a solution to that somewhere. Um, I would say, go to the website, check out the product. If you're interested in it, maybe research that a little bit on your own. I think the price on it is about $12.99, but you can beat sync it. It's got some really great controls on it, and the picture is stunning. The options are stunning, Um, beautiful, vibrant colors, um, really smooth graphic action. I I would say if it's it's a product that you're interested in, if it's something that you uh, feel you could utilize, I would think that the the initial design or the main thing would be more like a live application if you're a DJ or if you're doing, you know, you're just doing a show and you want something in the background or maybe change it for different songs or whatever. I think it, the application is probably more for that since I don't play live. Um, my application would be completely different. I would be looking at maybe doing something with that visual and then a binaural mic and some mental sauna music, something like that. But anyway, check it out. It's a really, really cool product. Um, If it's the application that you're looking for, if that's that's your thing, I would definitely suggest that you uh, check it out because I I think it's a great product. Um, My actual first stop, and I think I actually did go there the first day. I I went. I did go there on Friday. My first stop was Ibanez Guitars. Um, I had a question for them because years back, it was when I had first moved to Vegas. I actually won the, uh, Sweetwater giveaway. So they give you a seven string guitar. This is what the prize was at the time. It was a seven string, um, Ibanez guitar, a four string Ibanez bass and a five piece Tama drum set with, uh, some entry level cymbals. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty decent, complete package. There was no amps or, or cables or anything like that, but that's okay. Um, so I won that. I didn't need a seven string guitar. So I sold that, um, I'm sure it was, it was great, but I'm not that much of a guitar player. I'm happy with my little Fender Squire for the rare time I need to play a guitar. Uh, the bass I, I absolutely fell in love with. I have it to this day. I play it every day and I'm, I'm almost getting somewhat decent with it. Uh, and then the drum set I still have. So um, so I thought, well, this is, this is a very entry level bass. I remember when my buddy Jeff, who's a, a very talented bass player, was staying with me. I showed it to him and he goes, this is actually a pretty good bass for an entry level. So I've been playing it for years, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to look at upgrading a little bit. What would be the next step up in way of a bass? So uh, I went to the Ibanez booth. I talked to a very nice gentleman who was very excited that I loved my entry level bass so much and that I was looking at stepping it up. He showed me another bass. Oh my God, guys! Uh, as soon as he handed it to me, like the weight of it just felt perfect you know it was like just the the exact right weight for me and then um the the feel of the strings and the 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 frets uh you know the the uh, height of the frets like everything just felt absolutely perfect and so um i wrote the model number down it is an sr sr400 series if you want to go just above the entry level uh check it out the one that i looked at had this really beautiful almost Like a seafoam looking finish, it's really a neat design. Um, But it was the way it felt; it was like just the right weight, just the right uh, shape of the body. Um, It's got four controls instead of three, which the one that I have uh, only has three. So you get a little more ability to shape your sound. It it just felt right, so I'm going to have to get. I mean, I'm just going to have to. There's there's no if, ands or buts now. Um, And and you know, it's okay to have two bases because I could have one that I keep my you know, uh, flat wound strings on that I do new age with, and I can have my other bass that I do everything else with, or maybe, you know, play some new age that doesn't have flat wound strings, whatever I I have the power. So uh, yeah, that's going to be part of my collection here before too much longer. But the people at Ibanez are, they're always so friendly and cool. They've got such an amazing and vast product line. It gets confusing as you know, somebody who's really not versed in all the different series and all that, it's like you look at it, you're like, I don't know if this series is better than that series. I have no idea which one of these is the right one for me because there's so many of them. I don't know if I should be playing a maple neck or a rosewood neck or this or that. You know, I I'm not that versed. So for for an outsider of being that, you know, versed aficionado of that that style of instrument um i get lost in that kind of stuff i'll be honest like it's great to have that big of a product line but i remember even when i worked in the music store and and i was running the warehouse and i would check in these shipments of guitars i'm like i have no idea other than price point suggestion which doesn't necessarily mean it's better because just because the price point is higher on one than another doesn't make it better at least for the individual uh, musician but uh i i had nothing else to go on so I, I was always asking like why would you buy this over that and um don't remember any of the answers so um but but i mean i know that there are differences between like a rosewood neck and a maple neck and and all that sort of thing and where your pickups are and what kind of pickups and you know so many variables so um i do get a little bit lost but even i've even gotten to that point with drums like i don't know in this application do i want maple do i want birch do i want a you know multi ply uh, so many so many different things so really taught this is why reps and people in the stores or with the companies that you can reach out to they're so important because they can help you figure out what the best product is for you um and, and even if you're not like I don't want to call a company I don't want to talk to anybody do it online like email them go on their Facebook or their Twitter um, they're typically very responsive most of these companies are the ones that are worth working with are anyway Um, but, but all the people at Ibanez that I've ever talked to have been very friendly. I go every year and thank them for the guitar and for the bass and, um, you know, just, just talk to them for a little bit. So it was good to have some insight on an instrument. I definitely cannot wait to get my sr 400. I I just can't, uh, but I have to. So, uh, the next stop on our list is another really cool company. I cannot even tell you how many hours I have spent Checking in products that the company that I worked for, the music store in Colorado, uh, Pro Sound, would purchase from Hal Leonard. We had um, a couple of pretty large stores and, and a couple of smaller stores, and you know, Hal Leonard was one of those companies that they sell so many things. I mean, a lot of the books that we bought or the sheet music that we bought was from them. We had uh, one or two other vendors, but they were the main one. And then a lot of accessories. Now they're selling, uh, you know, bigger instruments and stuff. They're selling some electronic drum kits. They're selling piesty cymbals. Um, they're really like a a, a, a one stop shop for music stuff. So um, they're like I was saying earlier, their area is always huge. I don't know how many people they bring out to warm that up or how many days in advance they come out to, to set everything up. But they are always incredible. And um, they also are a company that reps for Gibraltar drum racks. So I wanted to talk to them about um, the restrictions that I have with my Alesis kit and see if maybe the pads would work with a Gibraltar rack. It unfortunately doesn't look like they will because Alesis has a little bit of a niche in their rack that the drum pads also have on their hardware. So I think they're, you know, it's one of those things it's like, you know, you have to get your vehicle repaired at the dealership because other mechanics don't have this, you know, chip reader or whatever, like that kind of stuff, which. Drives me a little bit nuts because it's not an entry level kit, but it's not their highest end kit either. But it's so limiting physically. The rack is so tiny. I've tried to get them to offer a longer piece or you know create some kind of extension. Um, they have not done that. So that was one of the things I wanted to talk to Elises about was maybe some other options or ideas I had to at least make my kit work because I bought the expansion drum, but I can't put three times across the top because the rack is too short. And, um, the only thing they offered me was a replacement piece, but it's exactly the same size. So I don't know if maybe it can be welded together. That's one of my next adventures, but the ride symbol also is not a dual zone ride. So you don't get the bell. So if I can solve that issue and solve the rack issue, then I'll keep it. Otherwise it's looking at, uh, changing out electronic drum kits. So Kat Kat, who, uh, has made uh, electronic percussion for a long time they had a pretty nice electronic drum kit that I checked out. Uh, it does have the expansion for an extra tom and cymbal. The rack looks like it may or may not fit the third tom across the top. I'm not sure, so I'm going to have to investigate that. The guy thought it might, but he wasn't 100% sure. He said, "But if not, this hardware is definitely compatible with the Gibraltar rack, so there is that possibility." The price point on the kit was only a thousand. Five piece kit, three zone ride but two crash cymbals and a ride and a hi-hat. So a lot of times these electronic drum sets come with one crash and a ride and a hi-hat and you're missing that other crash, which you really kind of need, whether you want to do it dual zone, one is a China, one is a crash, uh, or split it with a splash cymbal, however you want to do it. You really, as a drummer, need two crash cymbals and at it, it least, and then one ride and one hi-hat. So most of the the drum kits only come with one extra crash, so it's limiting, so you buy the expansion pack. So this has the expansion in the brain, so that's good. Uh, but I have to look into what the price points are on the expansion pieces. And uh, and then again, if the rack isn't going to work, then I need to factor in a possible price of a Gibraltar rack to make that work. So it's a lot of stuff to think about. Um, for now, I'm not playing a whole lot, so I don't need to do that urgently. But it's just good to know what the options are out there so that, um, you know, you can you can make a plan because uh, you got a budget, you got to do all kinds of stuff. So that's a uh, secondary the base is first, uh, uh, of course, and then this is secondary. Um, but Hal Leonard is, is an absolutely fantastic company. And again, they're one of those that everybody is just so nice and friendly. Um, the the people that I talked to there were great. Um, I've, I've talked to them a couple of different occasions and, uh, and and every time they've just been absolutely fantastic. I remember Whenever I had to return anything that was damaged or there was a problem with or something, um, they were always friendly in, in helping me with those exchanges of, uh, you know, either getting credit or a replacement product. I, I, I can't think of a single bad experience I've had with them apart from, you know, you get this this big accessory box that your purchasers have ordered and it's got, you know, five or six hundred little things in it. That is half a day of checking in all those accessories and you still got other trucks rolling in, delivering other stuff. So they were always like, okay, I'm going to save that for a while. I'm going to check in some of the bigger stuff and clear space and I'll deal with the little stuff later. Maybe I'll pick away at it a little bit in between other other shipments. So it's not so tedious, but um, great company, great product. So if you are a music retailer or if you're in a a store and you see some Howlender merchandise, check it out because they are a a great quality company. And um, I I really uh, I I I really have great appreciation for how they run their business and how they treat their customers. So important to me. I wish I could do um, business with them directly, but they, you know, they deal with the retailers and then the retailers dealer with deal with customers. So no real opportunities there, but uh, yeah, I, I would pick their products out in a store over, over most of the companies. Um, where does that lead me? Okay. So the next one on the list, as we're uh, as we're finishing up and and this list would have been so much longer i mean i had uh intentions of talking to Korg i wanted to ask them the same question i ask every year until they've grant my wish which is making um a virtual instrument of the Korg N264 364 series um it's got a lot of sound banks i get that they came out with the Triton this one followed the Triton i believe uh was the the next sequencer that replaced the X series so i'm hoping that they will um actually i think it was the Trinity came out, then the N series, then the Triton. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh again, there's like so many synthesizers. I can't remember what who came out when, but um, I, I'm really hoping that they uh, come out with the N series and make it where you can load your own uh, presets for those of us that own the keyboard would be really nice. And um, yeah, so I didn't get to ask them that this year. So I'll have to to wait and see. Uh, They they are pretty good at adding to their their VST library. They usually do one a year. Last year was the Triton. So um, I'll be curious to see if they have another one that they do this year. Uh, The ARP Odyssey is a really good one, too. If you don't want to have the physical product, um, if you want to have it in the box, Uh, the ARP Odyssey from their Legacy Collection, I was so excited to get that last year. And it is a fantastically done replication of the ARP Odyssey board. Uh, It's a great synth. Uh, especially if you're into that vintage sound from the 70s, um, check it out. It's it's on their Korg website at KorgUSA.com or depending on what other country you're in, just Google uh, Korg and I'm sure you'll be able to find your country's best website. So um, our last couple here, the next one, um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this. I think it's Audient is the way that you pronounce it. A-U-D-I-E-N-T. Uh, another company that my friend Martina reps for, um, when I, uh, we, we didn't think we were going to be able to get together because her, uh, her itinerary was just jam packed, but she happened to be over at cloud microphones when I was uh, headed over to cloud microphones. And thanks for the t-shirt, by the way, guys at cloud microphones, I will, I will wear that with great pride. Uh, love your products, but she was over there. So we got to chat for a little bit and she asked me if I had checked out audience yet. I said, no, I haven't. And so she pointed out where they were. Um, I did see them earlier, but I hadn't made it back to that uh, section yet. So uh, I went and talked to them for a while. Again, very friendly people, great reps. It's got to be hard for for reps at a Nam show because you're on your feet for, you know, the whole time. You're probably tired from lugging all the gear and setting it up and making your booth look nice. Then you just got to stand there and talk about your product line all day long. And when nobody's talking to you, you're just standing there and smiling and and feeling awkward. Like it has got to be the weirdest thing to be at at working at one of these shows on the other side of the booth for me. But I I talked to this gentleman who was absolutely fantastic. We talked about their audio interfaces. We talked about, um, you know, the the different ones that they have. They have a couple of different series that um, that they had on the floor there. And we talked a little bit about the differences between them, but it's it's really, I mean, I could honestly flip between either one of them. There are, there's the uh, EVO series, EVO, and then there is the uh, IDE series, which uh, is a little bit bigger. They have uh, more inputs to work with. So uh, really, really cool, top of the line, zero latency kind of stuff. Um, I didn't hear uh any of the the products because it really we would have to be in a studio setup up for me to be able to hear their quality. but um you know because we're recording that's a little bit different than uh some of the other stuff I was able to check out. but their audio interfaces are super cool. They also have mic preamps, they have consoles, they have monitor controllers too so they they do a lot of different stuff, but it's all in that recording family. You know that that um, I belong to, and, and am very uh, excited to be a part of that. So check them out. Audience, A U D I E N T. Again, all these uh, companies. Their links are in the show notes. Um, lastly, uh, and, and this is a, a weird one for me. I remember seeing this uh, in, in previous years. People walking around with these little miniature, uh, guitar straps. They're like really thin and they have like a, a hook on them to put in your belt, but they don't, uh, you know, they're sewn shut. So you can't like add anything to the strap. Um, you would have to put it on the tiny little hook, or maybe you would hook that into a key ring or something and wear it on your belt. I don't know. I, the, the, the ring itself is also very small, so you'd have to have like one of those rope bells. I don't know exactly what they were going for here. I had a really hard time reading the company name on the inside of what I'm calling a strap sample or a strample. That's a dumb word. I'm not going to use that one anymore. Uh, but it was like, OK, 10% off your first order, but I couldn't read the name of the company or their website. So I'm like, that's great but I can't even check you out. So that sucked, but eventually I was able to figure it out. It's a company called Strapworks. Now I thought, okay, well, now they had a bunch of straps and things on display. And I thought, okay, cool. So they sell these really nice, um, visually vibrant looking straps and things. And um, so I, I go check out their website and I'm like, okay, shop by department. Okay, so we have automotive, hiking and camping, boating and rafting. Um, retail and consumer safety, tactical, sports and fitness, no music. Uh, they even have pet products. I, I definitely could see this more as, like, if it were longer, I could definitely see this more as, as like a dog leash than I could a guitar strap because it's, it's a sample. It's way too thin to be a guitar strap. The ones that they actually had there were the normal width of a guitar strap. Um, But I'm looking at their website going, okay, I don't I don't understand how this relates to music. So I'm digging in a little bit further, and it looks like like I don't see any guitar straps. I did a search for guitar, and all they have are parts to make guitar straps. So they're really more of a manufacturer supplier than they are for someone like me who would buy the strap in the store. um, or even the merch, the merchandisers, they're not even really there for them. They're for the people that Are the manufacturers. And we do have manufacturers that come there too because there are luthiers, the people that make guitars out of, you know. Bits of wood. Um, There's there's a lot of people that have parts for uh, cables. You know the the ends. They there are people that sell just the wiring. um, All kinds of stuff. So they have a lot of those materials for people that manufacture their own cables. They're saying you know maybe uh, we can get you a better price, or if you do a bulk order, you know compared to where you're at, we can do better for you, or this quality of cable, or these kind of uh, ends have better conductors. You know all those things that you would look for if you were a manufacturer of different kinds of parts. And I, and I was even talking to cloud mics about that because for their mics, they've got to source all the parts, right? To make the microphones. So it's very important who you get your materials from. So this would be a company that is probably more for manufacturers. So if you're somebody who's interested in making your own straps, I would say this might be a good place. Um, I can't tell you whether their prices are good or not because I have no point of reference. Um, I can just say that they have a vast variety of fasteners and a vast variety of materials and in a lot of different colors they they look i i I can say just by the sample that i have i've got it in my hands right now uh love the look of it it's like red and purple and black and and uh baby blue and a little bit of turquoise it's it's really cool but the quality of it the stitching is is really really strong uh stitching through three folded uh parts of this guitar strap uh, very, very cool. It's really durable. It's soft at the same time. Like it's like you would not be able to, Lufa Rigno could not rip this strap apart. Um, but it's also very soft and very comfortable. I think I would feel good having this around my shoulder. So if you're looking to make your own straps, I say this might be a good place to go for uh, materials. Maybe they have some kind of starter package that they can put together for you to see if you like that or see if you want to make that a business. So, uh, maybe there's a side hustle right there from strapworks.com. And again, they're in the show notes. So go check them out. They also have ropes and cords and other things. So if you're looking to expand your, your product line, I can't say whether it would be safe to use their stuff as a harness, but they do have hiking and camping in their product line. So, uh, if you're interested in that, just make sure that whatever materials you're using are of the quality grade for suspending a body. (laughs) uh, that might be important. Um, you could probably make yourself a luggage strap. Um, I mean, there's, there's really a lot of possibilities I see. So maybe that would be a cool side hustle. If you're into doing that kind of stuff, have the proper equipment or access to the proper equipment. I don't even know what that would be, but I, I guarantee you're not so in this stitch by hand, uh, not through, through three folds of this strap. No way that has to be a machine that did that. I I can't imagine it would have gone any other way. Um, but the fastener, the, the, uh, belt loop here with the, the little mechanism to open it up, like it's really all sturdy, great quality stuff. It doesn't feel cheap at all. And they just handed it to me as I was walking by. So, uh, I'm glad I was able to actually decipher the writing on the inside. Um, if I were to change anything, I would say it would be that, but that's not going to affect your strap business because you're not going to be using their printer to print the inside of a sample strap. I'm going to use your own. So, um, yeah, those were, uh, those were the main products that I wanted to talk about a little bit of a, of a vast array from, uh, just like the, Hey, I'm a guitar player. Let me show you some stuff or Hey, I'm a drummer. Let me tell you about the drums. I looked at, I try to really be well-rounded when I go to the damn show a, because I have a lot of varying interests, but B because I know a lot of people in every one of those areas. Um, I don't know anything about DJ stuff at all. So I can't really speak to, to that, I mean, I know the difference between a fog machine and a bubble machine. There was a really weird bubble machine. I don't know what the bubbles were made of, but they were—they weren't clear. They were almost like—not—not um, uh, not like a ping pong ball. They were—they almost looked like balloons, like like opaque, off-white balloons. But they weren't they were bubbles they were the weirdest things i've never seen anything like that that was pretty cool i don't know if you might be able to use different color dyes i only saw that off white color um but that was super cool And, you know, even for studio guys, you know, for us while we're creating, it's not a bad idea to have ambient lighting. I mean, I know a lot of people are using those um, LED strips and stuff now that you can plug in with a USB cable and you can program colors like those are super cool. But, you know, to have a couple of bits of DJ lighting or something, uh, especially if they're LED, so they're not making your studio too hot, um, you know, it's not a bad idea to have some some cool stuff like that in there. Maybe a fog machine, probably not more like a bubble machine or or something like that could be, uh, cool for just, you know, getting in the mood. Um, so yeah, lots of cool stuff. The, The DJ stuff is really impressive. I just don't know jack about it. At least I have some knowledge with guitars and, and instruments that I don't play, but, um, yeah, I, I I can't speak on the DJ stuff, but it, but it was nice to see the the representation that the DJ community made at the show. Um, I will say I, I do want to say their their section I think was a little bit smaller, maybe, but not by much, maybe by one row or something at at the most. So they they showed up, uh, and you know they've they've got the um, scaffoldings and stuff that they put together to hang the lighting from, so that you can see how it would look in your club or your your venue or whatever you're trying to do. So it's a lot of work for them. So I I appreciate that. And there's like all the turntables and DJ mixers and stuff. You know, we used to have those at the store, um, but I, uh, other than basic audio wiring, I really don't know anything about um, much more than crossfading, you know, one, one song into another. Um, So that's, that's pretty much it. And then the last thing that I did was uh, head to the uh, Grand Bonnet Band signing. As I was on my way out, I was it, it kind of worked out well because I was done about 240 or so. And I, I kind of meant to finish up around the area where their signing was going to be. So I stood in line and and I'm thinking, boy, this is funny. I had lunch with these guys two days ago and now I got to stand in line to see them. Um, but the whole band was well, almost the whole band was there. I got to meet um, the other players, which were all really nice people. And then uh, got to see Graham and Bethany and uh, Conrad again, which was really nice just talk to them for a couple of minutes. I didn't want to hold up the line. You know, we, we're going to stay in touch and all that. So I didn't want to hold up their line, but I did want to come through and say hi and, and you know, see him again before I left. And, um, you know, Graham, Graham was great. He said, let's let's make sure we stay in touch, which I, I really appreciate. He said he had a good time uh, hanging out with me and, and all that, and they did too. So um, yeah, great, great show. It was great hanging out with them. Um, didn't get to hang out with my friend early because she got uh, called into a studio session, which was great. Uh, for her. But I, I did a zoom with her when I got back. And then um, so Sunday ended up to be my beach day, I only ended up staying until about, um, I'm going to say 230 or so because you know, normally the show the is in January. So the, the temperatures are a little cooler, I can walk up and down the beach all day. June, uh, it's a little hot for somebody with skin as light as mine to be out. I actually thought I was doing a smart thing and I thought I'm going to put on my uh, sunblock before I leave my hotel. That way I don't have to do it at the beach. I can just go right out there to the water, you know. Um, So I did. And I thought I'm smarter than the sun. Um, No, I am not smarter than the sun. Not even close. I didn't think about one factor that I am paying dearly for now Uh, When I put on the sunblock, I covered everything pretty well, except a little bit of the back of my hand and a couple of tiny areas on my arms. Those have already gone back to normal. Um, What I didn't compensate for was the fact that when I put the sunscreen on, I was wearing my shoes and socks, which of course you wouldn't do on the beach. And my feet are burnt to a crisp Um, so, uh, on my way back to return the rental car, I stopped at Whole Foods, which is right down the street from the airport rental, uh, airport car rental, and got myself some aloe, which I have been applying. I'm pretty sure when I, uh, pull it out of the tube to apply, it just looks at me and goes, you've got to be kidding. You expect me to heal that good luck, buddy. Um, but it is healing a little bit, very painful. Um, if, if I could equate it to anything to give you guys an idea, Um, and I swear to God, if I ever make this mistake again, I'm going to feel so stupid. Um, do you remember for those of you who have seen the movie, big trouble in little China? Uh, I don't want to give away anything in the story, but I will say that there is a part where a guy starts to inflate himself because he's upset. And at one point his shoes just kind of explode off of his feet because they've puffed up. Um, that, uh, if you added a can of red paint to the top of that, that is pretty much what, uh, what my feet look like right now, just the tops of course. Um, but very unpleasant. I'm sure I'll I'll be fine in a few days, but in the meantime, um, I just, every time I move or it hurts, I just think about what a bonehead move that was. So, um, I can admit it, Hey, I made a mistake. I'm paying for it. Um, hopefully it's one of those things that whenever I go to apply sunblock again, I, it will just immediately come into my head and I will, uh, take care of myself a, a little more properly so um on that was uh beach day i had a wonderful lunch i really wanted fish tacos and i found a, a lovely place um right on the the little boardwalk area that they have uh, to have lunch i was seated right by uh, right off of the water looking at balboa island it was a really nice peaceful place fish tacos were delicious um little expensive but you know you're on the pier or you're on the you know you're you're in that boardwalk area things are going to be a little bit more expensive Um, and then, uh, I just went back to the hotel because by then I was starting to get in a little bit of pain and, and I thought, well, um, I better just uh, take it easy the rest of the day, which I did. Um, and then on Sun uh, Monday I headed home. I had coffee with my, my wonderful friend, Allie, who's a very, very talented singer and designer. And, um, we do that. That's kind of the tradition every year as I'm heading down from Niamh, I meet up with her. And uh, had a great time, and left in plenty of time to get home while the sun was still up. And from from there, where I met her, it's only about four hours. I think a little less than four, maybe three and a half hours. And so, uh, not not too bad of a drive home. A little tedious because there's really not much to look at uh, that whole way. It's it's a lot of it's pretty just barren land, but um, but a nice drive just the same. Was very uh, exhausted and happy to get home and get back to things and follow up on my contacts and, and, um, you know, get the new podcasts out and all that. Um, been, been a little bit exhausting, but I'm mostly caught up and I I feel really good about that. But I was just, like I said, I was very grateful to have an opportunity to go back to the NAMM show this year. Grateful that they did it. Grateful that so many people came out. I'm still obsessed with pedal boards and I have no reason to be because I literally own one guitar pedal. It is a bass limiter And I almost never use it because I find it's pretty noisy. And I have base limiters inside the box that that do a great job. So I have no reason on this earth to buy a pedal board, but I'm obsessed with them. I really want one and I want to just fill it with crazy pedals that I don't need. Um, But that can also be ridiculously expensive. Pedals are not that cheap these days. Uh, So I don't know. I'm sure I'll never get one. I'm sure I'll never need one. But for some reason, I'm just obsessed. It's probably just the you know, it's such a cool gadgety thing. You know, you can do all these different things with it. You can arrange it different ways. Um, That's part of the strategy is figuring out where to put everything in what order, because you're going to daisy chain them together. So the order of where you're going to put them, but also the size and shape is going to dictate where you're going to put them. I just think it's a pretty cool thing. It's like a, a guitar effect puzzle. But I digress. I did not get a pedal board. I did not buy any pedals. I still have just my one little bass limiter for now. I may not even keep that one. I don't know. It's just kind of been sitting on my shelf for no reason for the last couple of years. Um, The last album I did when I went to play bass on it, I got it out. I thought I'd give it another try. I'm like, God, that's just too much noise. So I don't know. Uh, Maybe I need to get a noise suppressor to couple with my bass limiter. And then I'll have two pedals and I'll need something to attach them to. And then I'll have more space and it's just going to start a vicious cycle. I need to buy the bass first while I'm figuring out the drums. Anyway, it, it's just crazy. I definitely don't need any more instruments uh, as far as like synthesizers and stuff go. I'm so chock full of those. Uh, I don't even know what all I have. But anyway, that's my Nam wrap up. Um, it was great to be, like I said, great to be invited. Great to be back in that atmosphere. Great to be among my peers and and people that are creatives and people that are excited about gear and testing out new things and companies that create the, the things, the the tools that allow me what I to do, what I do and what I enjoy doing and what I do and put out there for you guys. So a uh, great show. If you guys are still listening after an hour of me babbling on about the Nam show, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, check out the show uh, on the normal schedule this Wednesday. I will be doing a walkthrough of my new album songs from the circuit board a very experimental album, guys. I've never done anything like this. I don't know that anyone else has done anything quite like this. Certainly not anything that I'm aware of. So check it out. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thanks for hanging in there and listening to me babble. Cheers.